It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. You are locked on Mavericks. Your daily podcast on the Dallas Mavericks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, welcome into Locked On Mavericks for Monday, November 21st. My name is Mike Marshall. I'm one of your hosts. You can follow me at Machine Sports on Twitter if you're so inclined. My other host, his name is uh, Jacob Kemp. He works at The Ticket in Dallas. You can follow him at NotJackKemp on the internet. If you're into that kind of thing, Jacob, how are you doing this morning, pal? Doing well, sir. Doing well. Um, Full-on tank mode has engaged. Mm, Oh, my God. We're trying to set records, and uh, we're here to talk you through it every day. Monday through Thursday, we'll give you 15 minutes, which is about as long as the Mavericks are in every game they play. <laughs> That's as much time as they deserve. Right. We're going we're gonna to pay it back. Whatever they deserve to get is what we'll give back to them. Um, yeah, I guess uh, if you were on the fence about the whole, uh, this is the worst team in the NBA right now, I guess Friday night probably confirmed that for you. Yeah. Uh, as the Mavs scored 64 points and Chandler Parsons returned to, uh, to Dallas against the Memphis Grizzlies. Um, just one of the more disgusting scenes <laughs> of any of any sports season that I've had to partake in. And then uh, set- Saturday night, the uh, the Grizzlies, uh, they or I'm sorry, Saturday night in Orlando, uh, the Mavs actually took a lead into the fourth quarter, um, and then they got death by DJ Augustine. Um, I think scored 12 in the fourth and put it out of reach. And Orlando's just a better team than the Mavericks. Every team that the Mavericks play probably from here on out outside of, like, the Pelicans. I'm going to repeat this line. They're just a better team than the Mavericks right now. Yeah, especially if you just factor in not having Dirk, not having D-Will. I mean, it sounds like an excuse, but if you had told me, hey, through 12 games, Dirk will have only played in, you know, three or four of them or whatever it was, and then D will only play in half of them and Bray will go down, I would have told you, well, they're never going to win a game. Yeah. I mean, they were already an average team to begin with at best. So there's just not really any team in the NBA that if you took three of their four best players, that their quality would not uh, significantly drop off, or at least, let's say, three out of five. I mean, if you said, hey, let's take the Clippers, the Clippers are a good team, probably a, a contender. Well, let's take, uh, let's take. I don't know, Blake. Redick. <laughs> let's leave one of their big of their big four in. Okay, take Blake Redick and uh, also take Jamal Crawford out. Right. Okay. Well, <laughs> then I I would bet that that would cost them about ten wins. Right. Yeah. No, I mean and it makes it makes total sense. It's just an odd thing to realize that even if you take a lead into a fourth quarter, that the other team can put their foot down and start yeah, taking yeah. and start taking you serious. And and squash you out, and that's what Orlando did. I mean, they're not an awful team. They don't fit together very well, but I mean, they're not a bad team. They beat the Thunder uh, last week, and they have a lot of depth. 
uh, particularly at the three four five position, and they just were tired of it. They said, "All right, time to end this game." Uh, sorry, Jonathan Gibson, with your fun little twenty six point game. It was uh, fun. Yeah, no, he's fun to watch. He really is, dude. He gives no f's about nothing, um, and he'll start he'll start torching. But the Harrison Barnes thing has kind of came back down to earth, which really bums me out. But it might just be teams adjusting um, to him. That's what I'm going to sell myself on now <laughs> is that he's still really, really stinking good uh, when used properly and with a point guard like Berea running around out there. But whenever he's the number one option and there isn't actually a number two, uh, this is what Harrison Barnes looks like. And this is not a normal formula, obviously, uh, as we pointed out a second ago. But update on Dirk. <coughs> Dirk missed his seventh straight game. Um, is not going to play tonight against the Spurs. No idea on the return on that. I have I couldn't give you a proper week probably that he'll be back. Um, judging from Cuban's quotes, which are like, "Why even play him when you know three of your top six players are out?" Um, well, that's going to be the case for a little while longer as well. So when's Dirk going to be back? I don't know. And then Darren missed um, Friday and Saturday, uh, and he will not play tonight as well against the uh, against the Spurs. And obviously, Beret is out four to six weeks with his uh, torn muscle on his calf. So, here we are. This is the squad. Um, I'm sure we'll start pecking around at uh, Draft Express here pretty early in the season because that's what two and ten teams do. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, thanks thanks for listening to Locked on Mavericks. Give us a uh, uh, subscribe. Hit that subscribe button. Give us a review. Um, there's a Locked on Cowboys out there. They're probably having a lot more fun than we are on a daily <laughs> basis. Um so uh, check that out as well. And Locked On NBA, if you're interested in uh, keeping up with the league as a whole. And uh, if you're into fantasy basketball, there's one out there for you as well. But what we wanted to get to today is something we didn't have time to, or I think it came out after we actually recorded Thursday, mm-hmm. was the, uh, the Tim McMahon article on the divorce of Chandler Parsons and Mark Cuban um, and the exit of Chandler Parsons to Memphis uh, it was very apropos that he dropped it on Friday because that's when the Memphis Grizzlies came into town, and Parsons uh, probably had uh, three to four um, executive suites reserved at the W for that night. And uh, I guess a couple things came out of that that I didn't already know that I was – I mean, I, I talked to McMahon, I don't know, a couple times uh, every other week, and uh, we'll text back and forth, and I've had him on you know various different um, – podcast and things like that so there's a lot of this I already new but some of it was even kind of new to me obviously a lot of booze going on yeah <laughs> there was an overwhelming overwhelming tone of uh of brown drink flying around and then um the fact that parsons was making personnel decisions yeah i mean i kind of knew that you know yeah. because what i didn't really ever think through is how much that impacted uh how that factored into his exit and how it would go over in the room. But right. we all knew that he didn't really want Monte here. Yeah, that's true. Uh, and we all also knew that he was the one who was going super hard after DeAndre. Right. And that they, they, he said to him, he actually publicly said a few times while all that was going on, like, I'm the recruiter, like I'm mm-hmm. the best recruiter in the NBA or whatever, like when that actually got done. So, and then, you know, wasn't, but, I don't. Uh, I wasn't surprised to learn that. I guess I was surprised that for myself, I never really thought through how that would go over in a room. And yeah. Whenever he was done, I think a big part of it was there were unnamed sources within the Mavericks organization that 
they wanted no part of him coming back. And I think part of it was that this guy had now like elevated himself to friend level with the owner and was like beyond reproach. Yep. And then, you know, he, that they probably made the right call. Now, I mean, if you just look at what's going on with Parsons knee now, it's a little too early to tell, I'd say, but this seemed like a relationship that now it kind of could have been saved half if they were to get Deandre, I think, because they would have been good. So nobody would have cared. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think if DeAndre's here, obviously the story is completely different. Um, I was shocked to realize like these were like his original ideas, like the getting rid of Monse thing. I knew he didn't get along, but I didn't know it was him saying, get this guy out of here. I thought it was maybe an idea that Cuban would run by him, you know, amongst dinner or something. Or Donnie would pitch, hey, do you think you could, do you have any, you know, uh, reach to DeAndre Jordan? Can you get in his ear? But this was just like Parsons, like just running with um, ideas that were his, that uh, came from his own mind that he thought were best for the Mavericks. And that kind of bothers me. I can see why if I was in that locker room and, you know, players play, managers manage, and owners own. Like you don't break those rules unless, except, and unless you really want to piss off one of that subset of uh, individuals in your in your organization. I could definitely see how if you're in that locker room and um, Parsons is already getting max when he probably, you know, Monte never thought he deserved max. I think Monte verbalized some of that yeah. uh, at, at different points that you're making more than I am and look how hard I play and look how much I try to kill myself to get a bucket. And Monte got his ass shipped out of here, so that got fixed. But I could understand how if you are – um, small forward slash assistant GM, how dudes in that room could be get pretty annoyed by that. Especially when you're never really playing all that consistently because of injury. So right. we're supposed to sort of let you, you know, engineer and dictate this whole thing, but you haven't really been that big a part of the of the show here yep. because you're never healthy. And so <clears throat> had he played full seasons and been as good as I think he can be when healthy, mm-hmm. I'm not sure that this would have been as big of a, an issue, yep. you know. And and really, I think at times people people kind of forget that his injury was part of DeAndre backing out. Yeah, because he was hurt to end that previous season, mm-hmm. and there was really no guarantee on when he was going to be healthy again. And I think that is part of what scared Math or uh, DeAndre off. He was signing up to play with Matthews and Parsons, both of which had you know were coming off pretty serious injuries. So. If he's healthy all the way along, then I think we all just kind of roll our eyes at his level of, you know, bro relationship with Amy Schumer and Mark Cuban. Mm-hmm. And if he's giving you 50 games a year and he's really great for like two months of each season, then it looks a lot worse to have him deciding. Like, Dirk never even really did this. Yeah. <laughs> Partially because Dirk's just not that guy. Uh, and I think part of that, it may sound crass, is that he's not American. You know, I mean, he a lot of times he wasn't here in the summer. He wasn't playing and he wasn't going to Team USA practices and trying to get on those teams and, you know, sort of getting in with those guys. And Parsons was, even though he didn't make the team, he was around those guys. So, I don't know. I think it was a unique opportunity that could have worked out. Even It would have been really annoying even if it did work out. But I still go back to the fact that I think Parsons was the main reason that they almost got DeAndre. And if they had gotten DeAndre, I, I think you add another piece last offseason. Hell, they could have probably still added Barnes if they wanted to. Yeah. Or something close to, to Barnes. And then you're 
probably a contender. You're probably, in my mind, almost as good as the Clippers. Not quite, but you'd be one of the four or five best teams in the West. Mm-hmm. For yeah. sure. Yeah. And you brought up a good point about the the season leading into the DeAndre offseason. Um, Parsons played one playoff game that year, and then he was gone. And he was having a surgery that no one had really had before. And Wes was coming in, and Wes was probably going to – we weren't expecting West till Christmas. Granted, he played early, but if you're going to a team and you're taking this leap of faith into an organization that hasn't been up to the par of the organization you're already with over the last five years, that factors in for sure. And then all the Parsons stuff, um, all the you know his his personality, the way he likes to go about uh, spend his time, all that's cute if you're a really good player. And if you're there every night and you're killing yourself, but the lifestyle stuff, don't think that, you know, veteran dudes in the league, uh, guys that take this dead serious and treat their bodies completely different than Parsons does. Don't think that didn't factor into their angst towards him. Uh, we would always hear that stuff. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we would always hear that it bothered people, like how much he went out and it's, mm-hmm. he still seemed, it's weird because he seemed like in shape, right? You know, I mean, the dude is cut. He can run like a freaking gazelle. I mean, he's one of the more athletic players in the league. Mm -hmm. So it never really seemed like he was out of shape. But then if you know that a guy parties a lot and then he's hurt all the time, it just, you're, you're, it's natural to just be like, oh, okay, these are the same thing. Right. And then once you start aging, right, start getting up past your, your physical prime, what is that? It doesn't matter necessarily when you're 25. It might matter when you're 29, 30, 31. Uh, and that's the years they were going to pay him for. And uh, here's a pretty interesting quote from from uh, from Parsons about whenever uh, heading out of last season into this free agency, what his thoughts were on it. He said, throughout the whole process going into free agency, I always thought Dallas was going to be the place. I thought we had a mutual understanding that I was going to be there for the whole time and I was going to retire a Mav. Obviously, the second surgery gave him a little doubt, speaking of Cuban, and I believe some people got in his head about it. I actually think one one of these people in this friendship forgot that it was a business for a second. Yeah. And that was Parsons. <clears throat> and, of course, Mark's going to talk to the doctors. And, of course, Mark's going to take feedback from uh, from Donnie um, because they made the right decision. Like, I don't know if he's, he's willing to say that, if he could ever say that to himself, that they made the right decision. And him saying that I would take a lot less than four, four years and uh, $98 million, I don't know if I believe that. Um, that's something that people say after the fact. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess I could see him get be, taking like four for ninety. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think anything below that is that's just that's absurd that they're even um, that he's. I kind of feel like that's BS to even put that out there because it just shifts the blame. Oh, exactly. Yeah, yeah. That's exactly what it is, man. You're just, you're just accruing uh, blame to the part of the table that you see fit, um, just creating this thread. Which a Cuban obviously won't talk about it. He just kind of like shakes his head whenever stuff like that uh, specifics get involved. Um, is kind of how McMahon wrote it as he hit him with some of these questions. That um, is Parsons just shifting the blame to him, and he just he he'll avoid him. But Parsons, uh, there's a quote in there that says Parsons told ESPN he would have accepted a four-year deal for a lot less than max of 98 million. The Mavs could have given him. He says Cuban was well aware of this heading in the free agency, but even a hometown discount for Parsons would have been a huge would have been a huge contract. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't buy any of that. That's fun to say afterwards. 
Um, a couple other things. Whenever Cuban on Cuban basically jump getting to this conclusion of yeah we can't do this. Uh, here's a decent quote from the the story. It says Cuban's unofficial advisory council, which includes president of basketball operations Donnie Nelson, Rick Carlisle, head athletic trainer Casey Smith, and Dirk Nowitzki, share a, shared a consensus concern about a long-term commitment to Parsons. As free agency approached, team sources say they were unanimous that it'd be a poor business decision to commit a major share of the Mavs' salary cap to Parsons for the next four years because of his knee problems. We said this. Like, this is exactly what we thought, but I thought the um, the friendship and the first big-name big free agent that the Mavericks had officially um, added and forever was going to outweigh that. I thought they were going to bring Parsons back for all the wrong reasons, but instead they let him bounce for basically the right ones. Yeah, and one thing about that that's sort of a silver lining is I have been pretty much going back and forth with my mind in my mind of whether or not I want Dirk to play, how much I want him to play, do I want them to even win when he does play. And if it's true that, I mean, Regardless if Barnes is pretty good or not, even if he's better than Parsons, if Parsons were playing and healthy, they they would be better mm-hmm. just because of a matter of continuity. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're still having to figure things out with Barnes. So I guess what I'm saying is Dirk actively you know, signing off on let's not bring him back, he's telling you right there this, is, this year is going to be a step back from last year. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. maybe, maybe by the end of it you'll have rounded into form. But you don't let a guy who is dominating the ball that often go and replace him with another guy who plays the same position and not expect there to be some growing pain. So yeah, the, ba- Dirk, the baked in the baked in step back, right? And Dirk knows that. So yeah. if he's on board with that, it tells me two things. One, he knows that and is okay with whatever growing pains come with this. And two, that he really, really didn't want to play with Parsons anymore. Yeah. Because if you're okay at this point of your career letting a guy like that go, it must be pretty bad. Right. You must, the, the scales on the other side must be pretty heavy. Um, and I, I think they were. I think the knee thing is far worse um, and just debilitating. Um, and this is going to be Chandler Parsons from here on out uh, through those four years in Memphis. It's going to be um, – he's going to miss months. Like that's just the long and the short of it. Um, and I don't trust his body to recover as quick as some other people's would because of his lifestyle. Like, you have to factor all this in there, and they did that, and they made a really tough decision. Like, I applauded them at the time. I still applaud them for making a really tough decision because the easy thing to do is say, pull down here to the AAC, leave your car running, run upstairs, and sign this contract. Right. I don't want to think about it. I don't want to make a pros and cons list. We, we landed a big-name free agent for the first time ever, now let's just let's just let's just push forward. It's easy to duck your head and just sure. keep keep grinding and not lift your eyes up. But they didn't do that. And then one one interesting walk off thing in the uh, in the article was uh, Cuban said Parsons will for sure be back in da- in Dallas in some capacity at some point. Um, I don't think that's a great idea. <laughs> I mean, what he's going to be your assistant GM? He's going to be your GM? Like. What what are we talking about here? Like clearly, That's really weird. Yeah, clearly that he his presence alone and his buddy buddy nature pissed people off, and now he doesn't even he's not even going to be playing or playing at the level at which um, made him worth that. So I don't know. It's really confusing. 
Yeah, like I said, I mean, to me, the whole story is kind of what we knew, but I guess it just the degree to which they were always together. Mm -hmm. And it's just, in any job, if you're always drinking with your boss, even if you really like each other, it's just probably not a good idea. Like, I mean, hell, yeah. I, I, I feel weird even having a couple of beers in the presence of people that are above me at work. And yeah. much, much, like once, much less mm -hmm. making that just be my regular running buddy. And hey, whenever they're in the off season, they're going to Vegas and just getting smashed together for, you know, I don't know. It's weird. It's it's just a, it, it's weird. It's almost weird that this is the first time that I ever remember it being like this with Cuban. I mean, Nash was, Nash and Dirk and Cuban have always, they always were like, together but it didn't i don't know why it didn't seem weird because they were like the, almost the same age like so there's something weird about cuban hanging out with a dude 20 years younger than him or 15 yeah. years younger than him for like an entire summer in vegas or whatever and i know that like rich dudes live a different life where you know it ain't like they're just going to a pta meeting and having a glass of wine i mean <laughs> obviously cuban lives a different life than most people his age but right i still think like it just it just comes off weird man like i don't yeah. i don't want i don't like it it was it, it was almost like parsons was cuban's gateway back into a whole world that had kind of passed him by yeah and, and like dirk was just never really that guy no dirk's never been a scenester like that's not him and cuban wanted that i mean i understand i fully understand that like you make a new friend he's connected in different ways than you are um and you want to hang out and you want to be a part of that world and then it just got it just went a little bit too far because we're not that far away from a CBA, not that far away from a lockout where owners and players probably um, were yelling at each other um, and didn't have a great time <laughs> that summer. So, I mean, some people see the owners, some players, I'm sure, are friendly with their owners, but they, they see them as what they are, which is a boss. It's not a drinking buddy. It's, right. not, a, it's, not, a, it's not a guy I'm going to pitch my ideas to. <laughs> so, anyway, I'd advise you to go check it out. It's on a... Uh, if you Google McMahon Parsons, it's on a. It's listed as True Hoops presents um, the incredible tale of Mark Cuban, Chandler Parsons, and the friendship that threatened the Mavericks. My guess is that Harrison Barnes will not be hammered at wish. No. With Cuban uh, this Friday night, <laughs> I would. I would greatly. Uh, I'd be greatly surprised if that happened. Maybe if they actually win something and they show up at uh, the Loon, what used to be the Loon, and have a nice photo op, that might be it. But. No man. I mean, I don't think Harrison Barnes. I don't think Harrison Barnes wants to be an assistant GM. So, no. anyway, uh, Mavs got Spurs tonight. They're going to lose. So just get ready for that. <laughs> <laughs> There's your Spurs preview. Um, and then tomorrow, let's talk about whether or not Rick is still the coach next year. <laughs> okay, I'm interested in that. Um, Spurs tonight, uh, Wednesday in LA to play the Clippers, and then Friday you get uh, LeBron at the AAC. So, uh, yeah, they ain't winning no, none of those games. They probably won't be within 20 of any of those games. And then they, get a right. chance, then they get a chance to win Sunday with, in New Orleans against the Pelicans. So All right. Well, screw We're us. Rallying. Yeah, I'm going to start uh, chopping up some Draft Express and start getting Ball for ball. Fall for ball. <laughs> and getting <laughs> – yeah, Lonzo. <laughs> we'll work on those. We'll work on all of our, our, tank, <laughs> our, tanking, our tanking hashtags. We'll get them, we'll get them correct. But uh, all right, we'll see you tomorrow. Uh, Jacob, thank you for your time. Yes, sir. Good times.
It takes a lot to get excited about a bag, but most bags can't save you 20% on auto parts. That's 20% off headlamps, 20% off oil filters, 20% off virtually anything you can fit inside the 99-cent Napa reusable bag. So tell your buddies, there's a bag they just have to check out. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa auto parts stores while supplies last. Minimum three items. Exclusions apply. Offer ends 10 17